Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a journalist and menstrual cycle coach, and I'm obsessed with all things spirituality, sexuality, wellness, empowerment, and mysticism. Join me as I interview coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders from all around the globe about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey toward self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. I am so excited to have today's guest, Alyssa Bryloff. She is a spiritual soulpreneur, and she has one of the most aesthetically pleasing Instagram profiles I have ever fucking seen. I am obsessed with this girl's Instagram and everything she is all about, and I am so excited to have her on today to talk about her spiritual journey, Reiki, and her path to becoming a spiritual soulpreneur. So Alyssa, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me and for that amazing introduction. (laughs) It's all true. It's all true. Um, Before we dive in, I ask every guest this question and I would love to get your answer. What ignites your light within? For me, it's really just living in alignment with what feels good. And I think every day is different, but it's really being intuitive and listening to my gut, listening to spaces and places and people that I'm surrounded by that make me feel good and lift me up and really acknowledging when things don't and when things dim my light. How can I kind of set a boundary or, you know, not have that in my life anymore, maybe release it so I can welcome in more light and just good energy. Mm, I love that. And so I know a little bit about your story, but for those folks who've never heard of you before, can you introduce yourself and give us an explainer on how you became a spiritual soulpreneur? Yeah, um, my story is very interesting. So spirituality has kind of always been a part of my life. I was introduced to Reiki at a really young age by my Jewish grandmother, my Bubby, who, you know, was really into doing things like Course of Miracles. And she had groups that she was working with. And I think that led her onto her spiritual journey. Um, And with that, you know, she wanted to bring me into Reiki and into that world of spirituality. So she took me for kind of a certification for children. And at the time, you know, I still have memories of it. But at the time, I don't really think I understood the impact of what it meant and what it had on me and what it would have on me in my life. Um, It wasn't until probably I started having just anxiety through high school and college and just, you know, family things that would come up that I really started to lean into that energy of how am I feeling? How can I work with this energy? How can I work with crystals? How can I really just like know what's going on, look under the lid and just see where I can adjust? Um, so that kind of came about through college. I was going to get Reiki uh, sessions with somebody who was really helping me to just balance my chakras, balance my energy. And then um, about four or five years ago, I got recertified, reattuned is what it's called, attuned in Reiki to practice myself, even though, you know, I was always certified, I wanted to actually understand more about it and how I could use it, honestly, selfishly for myself, um, because I really know the benefits of, of using that healing on yourself. So it never was at first to, to bring what it is today of becoming a healer It was more so healing myself. But I think that is such an important thing that any healer, any person really can do is to heal themselves and to work on themselves so that they can show up for others. Um, So I kind of worked on that throughout the pandemic and 
it wasn't until about probably a year ago almost that I was like, look, I want to get into this. Something's calling me. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to listen to it and I'm just going to go with it. And I, uh, I took an online class with my mentor, my Reiki master, all about the virtual space. And from there, just kind of started getting people reaching out to me for events and for one-on-one sessions. Um, I kind of built out a course from there to really help people in group settings. And it just kind of evolved into bringing it into my business by all means necessary. That's so fascinating because I don't think I've ever had anybody on the podcast who has talked about Reiki specifically. And I certainly have never had anyone whose grandma took them to get Reiki certified at like eight. I mean, kudos to her. I'm jealous. I'm so jealous. So what is Reiki? Yeah. Reiki is a form of energy healing and how my, my healing master would always call it is like this energetic um, massage. You can think of it as a way to really cleanse your energy. And so I am just kind of a vessel for the energy once I'm attuned to move through me, through my body and through my hands. And through my hands, I'm able to give people Reiki. It feels like heat on your body. Um, I don't usually touch people, but I can touch people. And it allows, you know, this heat to create um, this energy sensation of just, you just feel the energy moving throughout you. And it's a really beautiful experience. It just feels so grounding and calming. And I do it to myself every day. And I do it to myself when I need, you know, a boost of energy or I need to bring myself down and ground myself. It's just such an amazing tool that I can use whenever and wherever. Mm. And so how has it been using it on yourself to heal the things like you're mentioning, like feeling like you were anxious and in your late teens, early twenties, um, living in a huge city. Cause you're in New York city, right? Or somewhere up yes. in that area. So now I'm in Jersey city, okay. but I'm still really close to New York and I still go in quite a bit. Um, I think the you know, being out of it, I realized how much energy it really was. So when I go in, I kind of prepare myself and I prep myself with, with protection and, and coming back down to, you know, grounding myself with my inner tools. But, um, you know, throughout the few past few years, I really just used it to ground myself and to come back to my breath. And I think my most important thing I'm always working on, which probably relates to, you know, what you teach and what you do is the root chakra, because it's all about that safety and that stability. And I work a lot with the chakra system um, with Reiki. So I kind of use that as a tool to help move the energy, to focus on uh, an emotion or a physical ailment that somebody may, may going through. Um, so for me, I'm always really focusing on my root chakra, making sure that I feel safe and that I feel grounded because without that foundation, we can't really, you know, create change or we can't, you know, move the energy throughout our, our system without starting there. And I think that kind of really relates to, to just menstrual in general and just, you know, the energy of, of the womb and just that those lower chakras. So I am always kind of working on my, my lower chakras personally, and also, I would say, you know, it kind of changes day to day. So, you know, if I'm doing a podcast, I may work on my throat chakra, which is all about my expression. Or if I'm on calls that day, um, I may work on my solar plexus if I'm, you know, launching something and I need a boost of energy and worthiness and feeling more confident. So it kind of varies on what I'm going through. Mm, I love that. I feel like I've seen, though, in the last couple of years, and I think it's also one of those things where we know our phones listen to us by now, right? Like the for you pages are so chock full of this, the, the shit that I'm listening to or, or talking about. So I've seen so many yeah. more people doing Reiki through the screens. Um, mm-hmm. And so do you find that that is different than if you do work on people in person? So it's actually interesting because 
Um, I never was really doing in-person events until recently. I had always kind of done virtual sessions in the sense that, you know, if I was away at college and my grandma, I needed Reiki, like, instead of giving it to myself, it's nice to have somebody give it to you as well. So I would call her and say like, I'm having a stomach ache, please send me Reiki. So I always knew that it was so powerful virtually and taking that course and learning virtually allowed me to realize like how powerful the space really is and how I can make it a business and I can reach more people not than just locally. I can really tap into anyone all over and I can send it to anyone. Um, so I think it's just as powerful. It's obviously a different experience as in person because in person, you know, you can smell incense or maybe crystals laying around. Um, you may feel more heat in your body, but it's just as powerful and effective as virtual. And I, that's the kind of how I've been leading workshops and reaching people that way. And they feel it just as much as, you know, as an in-person session. But it has been nice, I think, to do it in person uh, at events and see people's face and just see their bodies release and calm down. It's, it's kind of nice to have both of those experiences, I would say. Mm. And do you feel like Reiki is becoming more mainstream so you don't have to convince people that it works? Because I feel like there are some folks where I live specifically in a more rural part of Texas that like they do not believe that this shit is real. Like there, there's, there's a handful of people that I know who are into it, but like for the majority of the folks here, they're not going to believe that this is legitimate shit. Do you find that that's changing? Yeah. I think that it's becoming more normalized and people are definitely sharing more about these types of modalities. Um, but I think that, you know, regardless of what people believe and if they think it's real or not, it's not even about that. Like, I, I really try to take myself out of it because it's not about me helping somebody. It's about me being a vessel and me being a, a channel for this energy to go through them. It's not there's no harm in Reiki. So it's really only positive that can come out of it. Even if I sent it to somebody and they didn't know I was sending it to them, they would still feel something. And so I always look at it that way of, you know, you really can turn non-believers into believers because I, I tend to weirdly like on bachelorettes and weddings give people reiki it's like the thing that i've been doing <laughs> and people yeah they're skeptics like i have a ton of skeptic friends and and i just i'm like look just try it you know if you don't feel better whatever but like let's just see what happens and they are blown away by it and they're like i need that in my life and it's so funny to watch and i think those are the people that need it the most because they don't have those tools to know when they need you know that energy clearing. And it's, it's really just, I hope more people find out about it. I hope more people, it becomes more accessible because if everybody was getting Reiki and just learning about their energy, I think it would be such a better grounded, more positive place. Oh, absolutely. Um, do you do Reiki? Okay. This is a question that I have regarding your Instagram. Cause like I said in the <laughs> beginning, your Instagram is like so aesthetically beautiful. I'm obsessed with watching it. And I'm like, are you putting woo magic in those Instagram reels? Cause it's like, damn, if you aren't, you, it seems like you are. <laughs> oh my God. I, I should be. It, it, <laughs> that is an amazing branding tool. I totally should be doing that. I, no. And it's funny because I think I've transitioned so much recently to really being seen as a healer, right? Like I was more in the content creator space and influencer space for so long. And this has been just me opening up to my authenticity more and, and sharing my voice more. And it's been, it's, it's been interesting, right? Like this is new for me and I'm putting myself out there. Um, but I'm definitely loving sharing this. So I think that I totally should put that behind that energy behind it. Um, because even my master healer, like when I want to manifest something, like she'll say, you know, write it down on a piece of paper and give it Reiki. You really mm -hmm. can Reiki almost anything and, and create energy around it. Mm. 
And it also makes perfect sense that the more you're stepping into your truth and your authenticity, that the more it's showing up in these formats that like we're watching and we're seeing the glowiness, the, the magnetism. So that actually makes perfect sense. And I love that you're saying you kind of have transitioned into this, this healer, um, title. I, I don't really love the word title, but like claiming that as, as your path, as your purpose, what has that felt like to transition into that? It's been interesting. It still feels, you know, I get imposter syndrome all the time as, as many people do. And I'm totally open and honest about that because I, for me, I'm a multifaceted person. And I don't know if you talk ever about human design, but I'm a reflector in human design. For those who don't know what human design is, it's just kind of a, uh, a, tool to learn more about yourself. And it's similar to astrology, but you all have energy types. And so being a reflector, I have learned over the years, I can wear many different hats. And my role on this planet is to taste and try different things and to show up differently. So every day is kind of different for me. And I'm starting to just accept and embrace that I don't have to fit into one size fits all. I don't have to just be a content creator. I don't have to just be a healer. I can be both. I can show up in different ways. I can totally change what I thought I wanted to do at any time. So I think for me, it's just embracing the ebbs and the flow of what I'm doing and how I'm showing up. Mm. And I love that you said that too, because I feel like when we get into this space of maybe starting an online coaching business or um, creating a new course or, or whatever, the whole idea of like niching is such an interesting thing, right? Because we kind of understand we need to have a niche, but then it's like, if you niche yourself, like, like you're saying you're multifaceted. Have you ever found that that's been a tricky path to navigate, figuring out if you niche too far? Like I felt for myself in the beginning of my menstrual cycle coaching, ah, damn bitch, you, you niche real specific. Like that's very, very, very specific. And so since getting certified, I've almost pulled it back a little to be a little more broad about like feminine embodiment in general. But I'd love to get your take on it. Have you experienced any conundrums about that? Like sometimes I just lay awake in bed at night. And I'm like thinking about this shit. <laughs> oh my gosh, totally. Yeah, I. It's so funny because when I was mainly influencing and content doing content creation, I always felt like, oh my god, I need a niche. I really need to be more specific. I'm all over the place because I always was about wellness, sustainability. Like I had so many different interests, and it, to me, it was more. I'm just a lifestyle blogger, and mm -hmm. and that's okay because I love sharing these holistic parts of my life. And I always felt like it it wasn't niche enough. But recently, as I've been like, you know, uncovering more about my identity and just how I'm showing up, I did take a course. And what she, the you know, the course leader really said that stuck with me was, you can be broad, you don't have to, you know, it's not about like, reaching everybody, right? Because if you're not reaching anybody, like one person, you're not reaching, you know, the expression like, yeah. So basically, she kind of said, you can be broad. You don't have to be so specific or put yourself such in this in this box, but you can niche your different offers, right? So like say I'm specifically niching, I want to help burnout people who are living nine to, you know, working a nine to five or having their own business. I want to help those women find a spiritual practice. Like that could be more niche versus, mm -hmm. okay, I want to help somebody who's in the solopreneur entrepreneur space find their purpose. So like, it's kind of just about finding the specific things you want to help people with and, and niching down into the different categories, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like 
the other thing is you, first of all, talking about that, is that your niche? Because you kind of thrive on helping people find spiritual practices, right? Or rituals. That's what I'm definitely leaning more into. And it's what is bringing me joy is helping people to find more alignment. And that can alignment, I feel like is such a buzzword. And I feel like it can sound very, you know, broad and not so specific. But for me, it's really about trying to find those pockets of people that I can help. Because Mm -hmm. on one hand, I'm a solopreneur, but I don't want to only market to entrepreneurs. I want to help people in nine to five jobs. So I, that's why, again, why I'm trying to be a little bit more broad and find ways that I can niche down in those areas. But I think for me, definitely helping with rituals, helping people build their spiritual practice and finding the guide within them, because it's not so about using the tool, you know, having all these tools and and using external things to ground you. It's also about coming back inward. Like how can you use the tools within? So that's really what I've been trying to focus and help people with is just finding more alignment, knowing more about their energy and knowing when, when things feel in alignment and when they don't and how can you go from there. Mm, I love that because I definitely have seen it in my clients. I've seen it in myself and my friends. We try to collect all of these spiritual tools for this so-called toolbox. And sometimes I feel like we're just continuing to reach for new the new shiny thing versus either using what we already know or trusting our own self, our own that I usually say trusting your womb to know what you need when you need it. Like I have felt at times when I'm very mixed up about something in life, if I'm going through a really stressful or anxious period, like I will even find myself reaching for the new book to read about the new thing versus going back and listening intuitively. And so what do you say to folks who may be in that exact same realm? Like, okay, you find yourself uh, learning meditation or you're learning tarot or you're learning astrology or you're learning human design or you're learning Reiki or you're doing all these things. How do you help them understand how to be their own guide, how to be their own healer? Yeah, I mean, those tools are great and I love incorporating them, but I think it's really about awareness being the first step. So if you're not aware of what's going on or where you're at right now or what you want to change or what you want to, you know, create an intention around, it's really hard to make those changes. So it's really coming back to that awareness, coming back inward with breathing and, you know, getting quiet so that you can listen to that intuition and those pings, getting really honest about where you're at and and writing down through journaling and just using the tools that you have within your own knowledge without external, you know, validation or support to really look inward. How can you tap into your inner knowing more through just getting quiet and becoming aware of where you're at. Mm, absolutely. Do you ever feel like there are certain seasons of the year where it's easier for you to keep your spiritual practice? <laughs> well, it's so funny because when we chatted about the different, you know, seasons for your menstrual cycle, it it's honestly helped me so much to notice within my own practice how that has changed. But yeah, I think summer is kind of hard for me. Like I'm very, I was very much in this like, Leo energy and like funness and it can be hard for me to concentrate. And I also try to do a lot of things at once. So I'm really focusing now, like I'm really taking, we're now in retrograde, retrograde season. I'm really taking like the rest of Virgo season into Libra season to really focus in on like my messaging. Is it clear? You know, my offers, what do I actually want to create? And am I, you know, how am I being of service to people? So I think it's like this in-between period that could be a little weird right now Mm -hmm. of figuring it out. But I always like really love the fall to create that newness. And I think fall for me is just a nice time before winter when I'm kind of more inward to 
to focus on that. Mm-hmm. And for real, the um, menstrual cycle, the inner fall for me is like very similar to what you're saying about the outer fall. Um, perfect time for going inward and, and keeping me on track versus like inner summer, which is very short, um, is like the summer that we experience here outside. Like it's so outward. You're so go, go, go. You're so do all the fun things before it gets too cold or the weather turns crappy. So I was wondering about that. I felt like that would be an interesting I was interested to see what you would say about that. I think it changes with the season that mm-hmm. like I totally adapt with what is going on in my environment, where I'm at, if I'm traveling. Um, so I think it changes constantly, but you know, I think anytime that I feel more grounded is when I'm really able to like listen more. Absolutely. More so let's talk a little bit more about what you do as a spiritual soulpreneur. Do you, are you working with other entrepreneurs? How does that look? It kind of, is all over the place. I, I work with content, you know, in the sense that I help brands who are in the wellness space um, just have more of an aligned and intentional approach to their marketing and their social media channels. So that's one aspect. And then for me personally, with my brand, um, I'm really leaning into, you know, helping people more with Reiki, these Reiki services, whether that be in person or virtual. Um, over the summer, I had a course and it was called Soul Girl Summer Series. And I took basically the part of Leo season um, to help people focus on one chakra. So we focused on the solar plexus, which was all about, you know, that fire worthy power center energy. And I through four months, four weeks, I led them through, you know, meditations and different tools and journal prompts and things that they could kind of build off to you know, tap into their own energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I continued that for September to help people really transition into, you know, this fall new season. We're in the late summer, but it's going to be fall soon. So it was really about helping them have routines and rituals and get grounded for this new season ahead. Um, and I'm really leaning into more of those courses. I love creating courses. I love group workshops. I love connecting with community in general. Um, and then I also create content, you know, for brands on my channel and it's been more into that spiritual realm. Mm. Yeah. I loved watching the Instagram reels about some of the, the rituals, um, and these courses too. And that's so fascinating about the fact that you're linking it to a chakra and the astrological season. Like I find that fascinating and I bet that is like super spot on. I would love to talk a little more about the chakras. We've had someone on before who talked fairly basically about, about the chakra system, Mm -hmm. but something that I always find interesting to, to get people's take on is how do you know if your chakras are not balanced? Like, are there signs that you usually feel people will see or, or feel within themselves? Yeah. So for background, there's seven main chakras in the body. Um, they are kind of, you know, starting at the base all the way up to your crown. And we all have them, even though you can't see them, it's just think of it as an energy center. So external things and factors, limiting beliefs or beliefs that we grew up with, all these things kind of affect us, our environment, people. Um, so it's really important to keep them balanced or at least to be aware of them and know when you're feeling off because you may not realize something physically or emotionally is happening, but it's really probably a chakra or an energy. Um, so I think when I try to teach people around the energy around it versus like thinking so much about the chakra, because I think it can be confusing and mm-hmm. I want it to be really approachable for people, but there are definitely signs for each one, you know, just basic ones, chakra, root chakra being, 
yeah, that, that foundation, if that's not balanced, which for a lot of people, it's not, um, that's the first shocker that we're born with. It's our subconscious programming. It's what we're kind of learning from zero to seven and it's where we're picking up our beliefs. So yes, it's about basic needs and survival, but we're kind of beyond that. Like we're not cavemen. We're not trying to like, you know, survive. We're really, it's beyond that. So I think for that, it's really looking at your anxiety. If that root chakra is not balanced, you can be a really anxious person. You can leak your energy out to the world and just not feel really grounded. So that's a huge one to really focus on before going to the other ones, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, But everything from having headaches to having menstrual cramps to, you know, the anxiety to feeling low self-worth to just not feeling self-love, like they, they affect all these energies within our system. And so I think I would tell people first to look at maybe where they're feeling off and look at the chakra that could be associated with it and how they can work with that chakra to, to work on healing that and balancing it. And I come back to a few all the time, like just because I balance one, it's constant work. And it's something I do every day, especially as a reflector, all of my chakras are opened and they're Mm -hmm. all, you know, being affected at all times. So I really have to put up that protection and that, and that kind of not a wall, but really make sure that I'm, I'm cleansing them and cleansing my energy and my auric field. Um, so I think just knowing what each seven chakra is and, and starting to learn, oh, this one, you know, I have a lot of self-worth issues. How can I maybe tap into this? And you can do such amazing things. You can simply listen to um, soundtracks, like healing frequencies for each chakra. So I love to play mine on Spotify throughout the day. And it just kind of like cleanses my chakras and balances me. Um, You could do a chakra meditation on YouTube and find a specific one for free to really help focus on like the mantra associated with it and different affirmations that you could say to yourself. Um, So there's so many different free tools you can use out there once you learn the basis of them. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I find a lot in my work that it is often the sacral chakra and the womb space combined that have the self-limiting beliefs. They have the wounds, they've got the Mm. past trauma and all sorts of things. So yeah, that's, that's super fascinating. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this trip that you went on. So recently you had a birthday, happy belated birthday. Um, and you went on this wellness retreat that I was like, fawning over. I think everyone probably was. I saw the comments. People were just like, what the, so I'd love to get your take on, on investing in wellness retreats, right. And going places where you're outside of your comfort zone and you're maybe experiencing things that you haven't experienced before. How do you feel about that? I love retreats. I mean, I don't think you have to necessarily take the most lavish experience or trip to do a retreat. I recently saw somebody post about like a me tree, you know, mm-hmm. doing things at your house or locally, but I do think, and this was a different retreat than I've ever been on. I will say that like I've done retreats where they're led by kind of an instructor and it's more structured and spiritual. This one was a little bit more fluid in the sense that, um, so it was in Costa Rica and I just really wanted to be for my birthday somewhere really grounding and call in like this new decade with just feeling grounded and spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just Googled, I don't know why it was called to Costa Rica. I just Googled retreats, Costa Rica, and it was like the first Google search and it just sounded amazing. Something about it drew me in and it's this beautiful 
mountain top made out of quartz, like it's on a quartz crystal mountain. So the second you get there, you just feel instantly grounded and just so calm. I don't know how to explain the energy. It's so, it's so amazing. Um, and so I brought my husband and he's not really into these things, but it was my birthday wish. So he, you know, he kind of just went along with it. Um, and it was really focused on eating plant-based foods that were really high vibrational and Ayurvedic inspired. Mm. Um, there were spa treatments that were all Ayurvedic inspired. They had daily yoga and daily hikes. And it was just a really nice time for me to kind of slow down. I never really have been on a trip where I wasn't doing a million things, you know, traveling and looking at different sites. Um, so there was a lot of downtime and it was really nice to just like be in nature and I think just be really present. Uh, and I, it was an amazing experience, amazing place. A lot of people have messaged me about it and I can't say enough nice things about it. It was just, it was a really healing experience. Um, and I've been on other retreats that are just as healing in a different way. They're more inward and they're more, you know, looking at maybe an intention that you're setting for a new year. So I think finding what intention you have for the retreat is really important. Like for me, this was more about just being in a really nice space where I was eating foods that made me feel good and, you know, spending my day in a way that felt really nice. It could be a totally different experience if you look at a different retreat that's more about, you know, just calling something in or working with a specific leader, doing yoga. Um, so I think they all kind of have different energies and intentions, but I love retreats for so many different reasons. And so I'd love to hear your husband, you said, isn't really into all of this. Neither is mine. Um, how do you, how, so how does that play out? Because I've had a massive spiritual awakening since being with him. It seems like with you, it's kind of been it, like you were saying in the beginning in your life, your whole life. So I wouldn't imagine there's been a massive shift in your relationship with you becoming more, you know, aware, awakened or, or woo or whatever. Um, but do you guys have conversations around this? What is he like when it comes to your spiritual practices? So it actually is funny because even though I grew up with this, I didn't really practice it when we were, you know, when we first were together or even really until like, I would say I got to New York and my grandfather passed and I felt like that was a spiritual awakening in itself. Um, so I've been with him since, since we're about like 16 years old and we've obviously changed many times and I'm a different person than when we met each other. He's yeah. different. And I think like that's that what's probably what's kept us together is that we were able to change so many times, but stay together and change together and grow together. Um, and so I wasn't always, I would say this, you know, spiritual or aware of my energy as much. Um, it's kind of come with time and I was more closeted about it. Like, you know, I want, you want to fit in, you want to feel like you have like a common thing with people. And I, I think I was judged a lot for it. So I kind of probably hid a little bit more about myself and just this work um, until more recently. And I even remember like thinking, oh my God, like he's not going to want to be with me like a few years back. And I think I like spoke with um, a psychic or somebody and they said something to me like, you don't need his acceptance. You don't need anybody's acceptance. You don't need him to be more spiritual. You know, what you're seeking or craving from a partner for some from somebody to accept you is really acceptance within yourself. Mm. Um, and I think that really changed a lot for me that, you know, I don't need him to be spiritual. First of all, we're all spiritual, right? It's not about like one person being spiritual or not. Like we're all spiritual beings, just us being here. So I always like to say like we're all spiritual beings really having this human experience. And it's just about how you practice and what 
your purpose is and what your, you know, what your intention is. But with us, it's always been, you know, he doesn't ever want me to dim my light. And I think that's what is so important to me is, you know, he may not be as into these things or isn't going to maybe do meditation with me or do Reiki with me, but he supports me. He makes sure that I'm happy and I'm feeling fulfilled. And I never want to change him or make him something he's not. I think I lead by example. So he'll maybe start meditating more because he sees me do it. And it's really about just like being true to yourself and your own needs and wants. And another person will be there as a support and they'll they'll eventually probably follow you, but it's not about changing them. It's really just mm-hmm. about, is this person supporting you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have felt that as I've shifted into becoming more awakened, the people who were in my life who didn't support it fell away. Like I didn't have to do anything really. I didn't have to do like cord cuttings or have some huge confrontation. It's like, they just weren't calling anymore or I wasn't really calling them. And so it was very natural. And so it's, it's very interesting for your, to hear you say like, it'll kind of just work itself out. Yeah, exactly. And it's been really nice. Like, you know, sometimes I need my space and I'll say like, I'm doing, I'm doing a Reiki session or I'm doing a workshop. I need you to like go do your thing. And I think we just respect each other's boundaries and and what we have going on. Mm, I love that. So let's talk about the things you have coming up. You just wrapped up this big September series. Um, It's October now. So what do you have coming up? What are you working on this fall and into winter? So I'm not sure the exact date of when they're launching, but I know by October this will be launched. So I can talk about it. But I basically created um, cotton, organic cotton socks that have angel numbers. Hmm. And that's been like my fun project for the past, honestly, almost a year I've been working on this. It's just been a lot of back and forth with manufacturers and um, designing, but really wanted to like make it sustainable and intentional. Um, so I'm creating socks that really help you to embody, you know, these pings from the universe and trusting your guides and the support all around you. So hopefully when this is out, you guys can all get them. And I'm really excited about that and really excited for what's to come with that because creating products for me has always been, I think my calling. I love that creation process. It really like brings out my inner joy and my, my inner child energy, I think, um, so it's always fun when I can create in that in that aspect, and I would love to work more in that space of just bringing you know clothing and tools and products to people that they can use in their home or on the go. Mm, I love that. And you also recently were talking on your Instagram about creating this like conscious capsule wardrobe, which I mm-hmm. found fascinating. So I recently left my job as a news anchor, and I had oh my god, like. So many like news dress, like news anchor dresses. And if you like people know what that is, like it's a very specific look. They're like always jewel toned. There's a ruche going on somewhere. Like there's a V-neck. It's a they're always solid. You know, like if you don't know already, then just walk into a Dillard somewhere and you'll see them all. So I had all of these dresses like I'm talking. I had enough dresses to like not repeat a dress five days a week for six weeks. So that was like my entire wardrobe was that shit. So as I have transitioned out. I'm trying to figure out what the fuck my style is because I'm only either in like a muumuu or like yoga clothes. So that's been one interesting um, (laughs) problem I'm facing. I'm like, what, what do you want to adorn yourself with? So I would love to pick your brain about creating 
a capsule wardrobe because I don't I know I don't want to have just tons of clothes anymore like I said like I just got rid of god like 40 50 dresses um and doing it in a way that feels like sustainable that feels conscious that feels for me like goddess energy yeah I love that it's been a process um for me over the years really building that and it's not to shame anyone who shops fast fashion but it's really just to look about where you are shopping and where you are spending your money because that is how you're you're voting with your dollar. And we are the future, right? Like we are putting our money where our mouth is. We have to look at where our clothes is coming from. And being in this more sustainable outlook, I worked with my cousin who's a mentor for me. Um, her name is Marcy Zaroff. And she is really such an example of how the fashion industry is such a pollutant. It's the second largest pollutant in the world. I learned so much from her book, from her just as a mentor about the fashion industry. And if you can just look at where your clothes are coming from, you know, that $2 shirt, yes, maybe it's affordable and great, but it's also creating harm for the people making it and the factory workers and and our environment. So it's really just about one, just becoming aware and conscious of what you're consuming. Um, For me, my consumption has gone down so much because I felt like I was just buying trends and it's just not necessary. And if I want a trendy thing, what I've been doing is I've been renting on fashion pass, which is like not sponsor or anything. I just think it's a cool brand. It's, it's similar to like a rent the runway or a newly, um, you have a subscription and you get to pick a few pieces a month and then you can swap it out. So I've been doing that for more of my, you know, bachelorettes and, and the fun things that I necessarily wouldn't want to buy a piece for. And then in between, I'm really filling my closet with things that just make me feel good that I know are high quality that are long lasting, but like in a budget and affordable way, I'm not out there dropping like $300 on a t-shirt. Like I'm really trying to be mindful of it. Um, and just buying basics. So like a good pair of jeans, like there's tons of sample sales all the time. If you're in New York, 260 samples, a great one, um, online, there's places like thread up, like thrifting is such an amazing way to even Poshmark to get worn pieces that, are still such good pieces. It doesn't matter if they're worn or loved. Those are actually the most sustainable ways. Um, if you're trying to like, you know, really look at your closet, look at, does this really still align with my values? Um, even if it's an older piece, like I still have pieces of fast fashion in my closet, but I've made them sustainable because I've worn them for like years and years and I only wear them a few times. So their quality, even though it may not be the best, um, you know, it still looks good. Uh, and then anything I don't want to have in my closet, I really like to audit it every season. And I just like to look at, you know, am I still wearing this? I don't want this to go to waste. What are ways I can, you know, donate it to somebody in need? Um, I love to use ThreadUp. It's another great platform that you can, you know, send out your clothes into a bag and they sell it on their site for you. So you don't have to do any work. Um, and then they'll actually give you some credit, either to like a store like Reformation or to their own store. So for me, that's been an amazing way to kind of just purge things that I don't really need in a mindful way, knowing it's not just going to a landfill mm-hmm. um, and just being put out as trash or pollution. Uh, but I think it's just, you know, looking at your closet, you can always like, I find pieces all the time in my closet that I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about this. And it's kind of fun to like shop in your closet. You're like, oh, like, how can I style this? But I think it's also just about like feeling really good in your clothes and and wearing things that make you feel good. It doesn't have to be expensive to do so, but just being mindful of the materials, looking at where they're coming from, Mm -hmm. who makes it, um, and, you know, trying to get more pieces that are cotton, especially organic if you can, but 
less of the polyester or plastic cottons that or plastic materials that, you know, end up in our water and mm-hmm. when we're washing our clothes um, and in the landfill and just do damage to our, our environment. So, you know, it's not an overnight thing. I'm still, I'm still on the journey, but I, I love to really just be mindful every time I shop, like, do I really need this? And like, what am I going to use it for? Mm, absolutely. Do you have any brands that you really like? Yeah. So, um, one, I think the one I posted about was Gray State. They're, uh, an amazing brand that really looks at the, you know, different sustainable, um, just things that make a brand sustainable, essentially their labeling and everything, their manufacturing. So that's one, um, yes. And is my cousin's brand and they're got certified organic and they do a lot of basics and like cool loungewear, but also some street style. I did a collaboration with them before and that was really fun. Um, and I love like Eileen Fisher. It's mm. like so random, but I think she has really great pieces. Uh, I think just anything that's really versatile. Like for me, I recently have been loving like white button down because I can wear it with so many different things. Like I can wear it with jeans. I could wear it over a workout set. Mm-hmm. Um, and just anything that's kind of like basic that's if I can like I said be organic cotton Mm -hmm. well this has been a fun conversation about a little bit of everything um (laughs) where can people connect with you find you work with you so you can find me on Alyssa Bryloff on my Instagram and that is my website as well perfect and then anything else that you want to share that I didn't ask you about no, I'm just excited because I'm going to be getting off my birth control soon. And I, I, I loved our conversation. So I can't wait to just incorporate what you taught me and to really use, you know, my chakras to help, I think, just sense my energy even more. And I think for anybody listening, you know, how can you tap into your inner knowing and your energy through just getting quiet and becoming aware of it? You have the tools within. You are, you know, your own guide. It's really just about getting quiet and starting to become aware of that. Absolutely. And for those folks who are listening, Alyssa did one of my free cycle check-ins or my free cycle consults. That's how we actually met because I think you'd heard me on a podcast before. So it all came full circle and look at you now here on the podcast. I've loved it. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming. Well, I hope you guys really enjoyed this conversation. Again, I'll put all of Alyssa's links in the show notes below. You can connect with me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin and at the light within podcast. If you want a free cycle consultation, find that link in the bio in my Instagram. I hope you connect. Let's talk about your period problems, get you all set up to have a more healthy, happy menstrual cycle. You can continue to support this podcast by rating it, reviewing it, downloading it, and sharing it with someone you love. Thanks for spending some time with me today. And remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.